0: Your purple Mm. (laughs) Raise your mugs and raise your little brown jugs and raise a toast. It's Toast Radio, the voice of Bishop University, making your life a bit. For Purple.
1: Welcome everyone to episode 4 of Gator Talk. Today's guest is none other than Leighton Garrity, your voice of Gators TV. Leighton covers all sports on the uh, broadcast and uh, thanks for joining us today Leighton.
0: Thank you for having me. Not often am I on this side of the mic.
1: Yeah, you're often just behind the scenes. People just hear your voice. They'll really get to know who you are. So you're from the South Shore of Montreal? Uh,
0: Yes, yes.
1: But you studied in Vermont, is what I understand, right? Yeah, so
0: I started off my high school career going to a private school on the island of Montreal. Then I went to a public school on the South Shore called Heritage Regional High School. Played hockey through my five years in high school. And was fortunate enough to be recruited to go down to a prep school in Vermont called Vermont Academy. And then from there, I really just kicked off with hockey, lacrosse, and other sports that they offered.
1: And what do you study here at Bishops?
0: So at Bishops, I'm in education right now. And then obviously having the transcript coming from Vermont, they consider me an international student. Although I do pay Quebec fees, which is a very good positive coming in. Here, um, but I'm in education, so five years for me, and then I'm gonna minor in sports studies as well.
1: That's sweet. And you're in your second year.
0: In my second year, yeah.
1: All right, and so basically, how did you be- become the play-by-play announcer for uh, Gators?
0: So I was a summer in the summer, uh, late night sitting on my couch at my cottage, and I was like, hey, I need a university job. I'm gonna need to fund my way through school. Um, Obviously have my parents support and everything, but it's not going to last forever. So I was like, I need to make a little bit of cash for myself. Um, Went on to Bishops' website, saw two job offerings. So I do two jobs here. I'm a lifeguard at the pool as well. And then I saw one for game day staff. I actually worked when I was in high school for Concordia's game day staff as a shot clock manager and ball boy for their football team. So I knew that I would love uh, the game day staff opportunity here. I saw what they were looking for, so I emailed Rachel and Marty, uh, just expressing my interest to be on game day staff, uh, telling them the sports that I've played before, the experience that I have, and saying that it was a lifelong dream of mine to just talk about sports as well. When I was a kid, I loved listening to them. So I was like, hey, what if I can get my voice out there, get my name out there, and maybe pursue something in that type of field? I have a couple friends who went to TMU, formerly known as Ryerson, and now are working for Sportsnet, So I'm like, hey, what about that? And then applied into education sort of as like a fallback, a safety coat for me.
1: Right. You cover all the sports that have live streams, right? So football, hockey, basketball, men's and women's, uh, soccer, rugby, and lacrosse, right? Yes. So obviously all these sports have really different terms, terminology, rules. Like, How do you manage to know everything about everything in all these sports and be able to give the the audience a really good... experience
0: yeah so i'm fortunate enough to have a color commentator for football as well as basketball they help me out a lot uh zach graveson's phenomenal for football former, shout out to zach, yeah, yeah <laughs> former player too and then uh for basketball legendary coach eddie palmikawa That's really great. good guy teaches me through the game because basketball is actually the one sport that i haven't played before every s- single other sport i've played i've grown up watching knowing the terminology It does get a little bit difficult, though, um, like the first game of a soccer uh, season compared to lacrosse, I'll sort of get my terminology mixed up a little bit. But as I progress through the season, then everything just kind of flows and comes back to my mind.
1: Do you find it hard sometimes when you've got got like a big weekend of games to kind of switch from, Okay, we're talking about football now and then switching to hockey and then soccer or something and lacrosse, like just to not kind of get those all mixed up together?
0: Yeah. So it is, it does get a little bit taxing on your body, your voice as well. I mean, sitting there for probably five to six hours on a Saturday, if you've got a football going into a soccer game, but, um, terminology wise, all the sports do include some sort of thing that you could connect as well. So if you do mess up and you say field instead of pitch for soccer, then, I mean, being in North America, everybody will call That's it a That's all field, right. right. Yeah, it's not uh, <laughs> uh, It's not the end of the world. But as long as you go in with confidence, I find, then the viewers won't even necessarily know that you've messed up. You yourself know, oh my lord, like, I've messed up the terminology. But the viewers, it might just slide right by them. So you've got to have the confidence. Yeah, it's got to play it off like it's exactly. normal and you know what you're doing, right? Exactly.
1: <laughs> and... What's like the challenge with like naming players and getting the pronunciation right? New players a lot too and like being able to identify numbers quickly. Like, What's the challenge in the, uh, in the actual commentating?
0: So a big challenge coming from rugby, the game's so fast and it's just contact, contact, contact. Sometimes you don't even have the chance to say their names. So as long as you're just talking about the game and you're telling the viewers where the ball is, sort of like a radio host. So you're letting them know play-by-play play where the ball is, on what side of the field... Um, And then if someone's running into open space, you can finally get your name out there, then that's good. But learning the names for basketball is very difficult. Uh, Football as well. I mean, they've got 100 guys on the roster, so you don't really know until kickoff comes up who's going to be that starting quarterback, who's going to be the running back in uh, the different sets that they're coming out in. Sure, the quarterback might have a favorite target that he goes to, but then all of a sudden they throw out a fifth string because someone's hurt, and yeah. you're sort of looking through the roster and you're like, oh no, <laughs> who's is Who is this, is this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, that leads me to like, how do you? Do you need to practice when you when you're reading the opponent's uh, roster and stuff to kind of prepare yourself for that? What's the like? What's the process for that when you? get ready for the game
0: yeah so my sort of game day experience prepping myself for that i'm supposed to be there a half hour ahead of time but going in a half hour ahead of time i know all everybody on the game day staff our producer thomas barton who's phenomenal at what he does i'll go in and i'll have a conversation with them about what's going on around the league more so than studying the players names so for me it's outside of work i'm studying the players names Watching a little bit of their film, per se. So if the Gators are on a road game, I'm still watching them. I know they played down at Ottawa a few weeks ago, the hockey team. And I was just listening to the commentators, how they pronounce the Ottawa GGs' names, because it's their home team. So they're going to know how to pronounce the names. And then they're visiting tonight, which is November 24th. So visiting tonight, I already have sort of a scoop on what Ottawa is going to sound like. Yeah. And then also just... Yeah, it's prep for the names. I'm in class reading the names if I have a little break. Um, if not, outside of class as well. I'm just really going through the rosters.
1: Man, that's, you're just like an athlete, man. Do, doing your film, doing your playbook study, you're just in the same grind that we are. That's crazy. <laughs> um, is, something, is something like play-by-play something you hope to do in the long run? Is it like something you really feel a passion for? Or you're kind of like, this is my student job, and once I graduate, I'm good, or is it something you want to kind of keep going and try to get in that field afterwards?
0: Yeah, so coming into school, it was really just, this is my job, I'm coming in to make money, but then I fell in love with it. I mean, I used to be a very high competitive hockey player, had the opportunity to play juniors out in the States as well, but I love academics too. So being in education, academics are very important for me. So instead of playing junior hockey, I decided to come back to school, And being the play-by-play commentator allows me to keep interacting with the athletes, which I love to do, and stay in touch uh, with the sports too. So it is something that now I'm looking out into being in the future. I'm looking at future schools, communication programs that they offer. And then it's really just building up a portfolio for yourself, having connections as well. I commentated for the Canada National Tournament for U15s and 17s boys this summer with coach Eddie Palmacalla, which uh, was a great opportunity for me. I mean, being on sort of a national level, seeing New Brunswick basketball players come in, playing Alberta basketball players, it was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, and is there someone you model yourself after? Like you watch, let's say, pro sports and you're kind of like, I like how he does this. I'm going to try to implement that in when I call this type of game or whatever. Like is there something you inspire yourself off of?
0: Yeah, so there's not necessarily one person that I'll try to model myself after because I'm doing so many different sports. It's kind of hard to okay, I want to model myself after Ray Ferrero, a hockey guy, or I want to model myself after a basketball player or a basketball commentator. So for me it's really just Picking at, okay, what are the professionals doing that I can implement to what I am? And then sort of taking them all into account for when I go into a Thursday night doubleheader for basketball. I have the terminology down. I could try to make it a little bit more entertaining for the viewers. Or a Friday night hockey game, I can include more color commentator since I'm alone. Rather than just always play-by-play, have a little bit more color commentator. Explain to the viewers what's going on and just really make it a show rather than just... Oh, the puck goes into the corner.
1: Right, and would you say, like, which sport is the hardest to commentate That's like, presents the biggest challenges for you, like, depending on your view of the game or just, like, following and keeping up with the speed? Which one kind of gives you the most challenges?
0: So one of the most challenging ones, but also one of the most fun ones is rugby because it's so fast, but it's such an entertaining sport. Like, there's always action to go by. So it's contact after contact after contact. It is challenging, however, on we're sitting so far up from the field, we can't necessarily see what the ref is calling, so we don't necessarily know why there was a foul, why the ball is getting turned over, what the ref's calling. Another one that I find a little bit challenging is soccer. I haven't played too, too much soccer in my life. I played two years down in the States. Um, Learned a little bit about it down there, more so than just playing casually in gym class. So knowing a lot of terminology in soccer does come a little bit challenging for me. Um, but other than that, I mean, every single other sport is just I sit at home on a Friday if I'm not commentating and I'll sit there and watch it.
1: And then just kind of get a feel for it and exactly. pick up on some, on some uh, tricks of the trade. Exactly. And what's your favorite to call? The ones that you're like, okay, sweet, it's this game day today. Let's go. I'm really excited.
0: So obviously football is a huge one just because of the production. We're on AUS TV rather than just Gator TV, so we get a lot more viewership coming in. And then working with Zach as well, we kind of just bounce off of each other. It feels more professional uh, for football, so that one I love to do as well. Basketball, love it. Coach and I, Coach Eddie Paul Palmacalla and I have a great relationship, and he's sort of like a mentor to me. So he'll bounce stuff off of me back from his days as a coach And I just sit there, not necessarily knowing what he's talking about, but sit there and share some laughs with him. Um, He's always chirping me a little bit. We'll go back and forth with each other. And then my personal favorites would be hockey and lacrosse. I mean, I grew up playing both of those. Hockey, I feel like I can include a little bit more color commentator to it, explain to the viewers what's going on, what – might be an area that the Gators want to focus on coming into the second period or say like the GGS tonight visiting what they might want to focus on knowing that the Gators have dropped the previous two games how they can come in to the Jane and Eric Molson arena and come away with a win
1: now obviously being a like a, a commentator for just the Gators brings a challenge as commentators are often asked to be as impartial as possible to give everyone a good experience watching the stream or the or the video is that something you've had to struggle with sometimes is to stay impartial to the to the game and just call it how it is.
0: Yeah, it it's, it does um pro- provide a big struggle I would say, especially last year's semifinal football game, oh. uh, when um, Mount Allison scored with seconds to go, go for the two point conversion, get it again. Zach and I were just kind of sitting there. We weren't saying anything um, bad, but we weren't commentating on the game. So people could have been calling us homers that they like to say, which does provide a little bit of a struggle. I mean, being a Bishop student, I love bleeding purple, as we say here. Right. Right, Everyone wants to be purple. Playing on the club hockey team, representing the school, and then being able to go and commentate, sort of represent the school as well. Sitting there when the team is struggling throughout the game, is pretty hard to do
1: yeah i remember seeing that like a clip of that at play on yeah. on social media a few days later and it was kind of like well okay now yeah. scored <laughs> yeah um yeah that's that exactly <laughs> it was exactly. like kind of like a awkwardness Like everyone's jaws dropped when it exactly. happened and um i think it was persevere who had shared the clip and in the comments they were like oh so much for like yeah this commentary and i was like Dude, it's just tough as a student for the school year, obviously.
0: And then you go over to Queens this year, Dude, and their clip pops it. off. Yeah, They go viral for it. So, I mean, next time, Zach and I might just have to start yelling into the mics.
1: Yeah, I, rem- I, I remember. So, Queens scores like with a few minutes left, and the commentator's just like, yeah, just screaming yep. in of excitement. Then Western gets the ball back with like seconds left. Yep. They throw it up score, and he's just like, no, nah! yep. like, just losing his mind. It was the most hilarious clip i've ever seen of like u sports commentary it was so it really brought you into the stadium because i know everyone's everyone's hearts just broke when that happened at queens it was a huge game and it was
0: a rivalry game they score with seconds left it's like oh my lord
1: it was it was hilarious so what so kind of to keep going on that so obviously that football game was a tough call what other tough calls have you had to, to make in uh in your time
0: so another tough call would be um women's hockey they just lost to the Carabae 6-2. to It was a difficult game to call just because you saw that they wanted to bounce back after a tough defeat to Concordia earlier on in the week as well. So you saw they wanted to come back. Everyone had hope in the rink that they wanted to come back. And then just what you can call ice tilt. I mean, it was just difficult for them as well. And then a huge difficult one as well was uh, women's basketball final last year Mm -hmm. where uh, UCAM came into the building and the team has played each other. It was like the third time that they were playing each other. They played each other at the end of the season. UCAM gave the Gators one of their most difficult games. And then they come back for the finals. The Gators are ranked, I'm pretty sure, it was fourth in the country at that point. Everyone filled the stands. We probably had 800 to 900 students there wearing white. We had a whiteout game. UCAM comes in. They win. Kudos to them. They played a phenomenal game. Uh, Gators come up just short of going to the national title, which was very hard to call. And then at the end of the game, UCAM's just dancing on the Gators logo and just sitting there. you got to try to stay neutral. But at the same time, being an athlete and a competitor, seeing someone dancing on your school logo, you just want to just you want to burst out.
1: Yeah, I, I totally get that. And what what have been some more memorable uh, play calls where you just were really, really excited and it just kind of like it just came out supernatural, You're just excited. and, and
0: So and yeah. a huge memorable one would come from this season, St. FX game football, where we went into triple overtime. Both teams ranked in the country at that point. Pretty sure it was the Gators' first time being ranked this year.
1: Yeah, it it was the second week, but yeah, we were ranked in the top 10, number 10 for two for the second week in a row.
0: And then you have the X-Men coming in, uh, a rival to the school. Gators come out on top in the first half, and then the second half struggle a little bit. You see Kirillon go down with an injury, which was uh, a sad sight to see, but Mason came in, played a good game, kept the team in there, and then both kickers just showcasing their talent in overtime going back and forth with each other and then you got probably arguably one of the most talented kickers in the country and Ben Hadley who just puts it through the uprights and ices the game off in triple overtime so although we don't come away with the win on that one it was just a memorable experience for anyone in the stadium
1: yeah for sure and I remember that game it was like when we realized we were going to overtime and then Canadian football like overtime is like a gauntlet right it's yeah. on 35 going in yeah you got to. I would score the other and what's frustrating is that he's in range at 35 yards right so we're like okay well they can just hit a field goal now and (laughs) and go home like it's kind of frustrating because they have like an all-canadian kicker there so it was just we knew that we had to score touchdowns exactly yeah we came up short but it was a heck of a game I remember after the game I was just like that's probably the craziest game I've been a part of as a player or a coach it was really really special
0: and then another memorable moment would probably be last night's game. So McGill came, traveled to us, and our women's basketball wins for the first time at home. They lost a previous game to McGill. I'm pretty sure it was by three or four points. And they lost to Concordia by one at home in the, in the season opener. So a team that started off 0-3 comes out, beats UCAM. Now they're 1-3, beats McGill. They're on a two-game win streak with seven players. They had seven players, two on their bench, ready to come in. They come in, they win by double digits amount, and then we go into the men's game, and our men's team, who beat McGill earlier on in the season, just received their first loss against UCAM on the weekend. Um, they come in, and they drop a 50-point win on McGill, which was crazy, 111 points scored for, for the Gators, and it seemed like everybody on the roster was shooting up threes at range and they were going in
1: man that's awesome i think like you you have a really special um view and experience with all the games i think it's really fun to see like your perspective on it because you're calling it as it is but you, you get to see the highs and the lows from a different perspective because you are calling it no matter what right yeah. so it's just it's either really tough or really easy right yeah. it's just <laughs> yeah and unfortunately you, you couldn't um be there for the semifinal game for football. But we got a really interesting uh, experience with uh, Liam on on the mic. It was
0: great. I was tuning in from Vermont. So we traveled down our club hockey team, traveled down to UVM, played down there, uh, won four to two. My mom actually came out and watched that game. So it was nice. She hadn't been able to come to an away game for a while with COVID and everything going on. Um, but then I tuned in sitting at a five guys restaurant in uh, the parking lot, listening to Liam. And the second I turned the stream on pick six, oh, no way. go right back, pick six again. And it was just great to see.
1: I I love that audio clip of him. He was just so excited. Yep. right? And, and he was on the team previously. So he has like a certain sense of like yep. attachment and excitement when those things happen. He was just like, it kind of reminded me of the, uh, of that queen stream. A, yeah. yeah. Just the, the pure excitement going on in awesome. the booth. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today, Leighton. I want to say thank you very much for joining us, and you're always welcome on the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you.